Hey, what in the Sam hell is going on, everybody? It is your man Jonah here behind the mic on what must be must be my 200th day two, uh, right? I mean, I don't know, whatever that was there, I was high on the 7th, so I was not yesterday, and I am not today. I did come home and have to get a little dopamine hit. Unfortunately, I flipped open the phone while I was on the can. Actually, I went to the can specifically to look at my phone and uh, started trolling through some uh, naughty images. Thankfully, managed to uh, get off the can before the deed was done, so to speak, quote-unquote. Sorry if that's a little graphic for you. And, uh, you know, save myself, save myself, you know, because I was just talking to a friend this morning, actually, my uh, my teacher buddy, and we were talking about uh, wives, and we were talking about marriage, and we were talking about work, and, you know, their need for intimacy, as you know, as well as our need for intimacy. And, you know, we have both had times where our extracurricular activities have negatively impacted the relationship. And not in the sense that our wives are particularly upset that, you know, we looked at porn or whatever. We took care of business, so to speak, on our own. It's just that it it takes something away from the moment when you aren't able to perform. You know, if you're like, okay, well, hey, this was great. I'm, I'm good. Don't worry about me, babe. You just you just take care of you and I'm all set. Um, yeah, you know, it just, it takes some of the wind out of their sails. I don't know. And then too, if you're not approaching them, cause you're not, you know, raged up, ready to go. Cause you already handled it. Then there's, you know, they don't feel wanted. They don't feel needed. And I'm, I'm not trying to objectify women. Okay. There's, there's, I, I have only ever dated strong, independent women a girl with her own page in the girl, in the Girl Scout handbook. In fact, a girl who was valedictorian as well as uh, a captain on the wrestling team. Okay, so so don't get me started on that. I, I I love all you. You're all very valuable, but you know there's something to be said in a in a relationship, and in particularly a marriage, uh, and in particular a marriage, for that need of physical intimacy. If you don't have those those sparks and that romance, uh, then you're in trouble. You know you're you're straight up in trouble. So it's just crazy because he and I were talking. It's un- and without fail whenever I quit weed, you know something else has to take its place. And it's like when he got off Facebook. Just more media filled it up and took its place. And so how do we find the natural highs? Really challenging if you're beat up and broken. Really challenging if you're a fat pud. You know, I don't know what your body type is. You know, I know there are some, some lifters here. There are some teachers here. There are some moms on who listen to this show. And not everybody can just go out rock climbing and, like, get my high rock climbing. You know, not everybody's going to be able to go downhill skiing. And Oh, yeah, I got my high downhill skiing. And for me... Not being able to lift weights or run really aggressively, that is hard, man, because I used to get a crazy high from doing that stuff. And so now here I am practicing yoga, I'm meditating, I got a full hour in this morning, and thank goodness I freaking did, because I got to work and I ended up getting called into the principal's office, you know, this custodian who's been freaking out to get me, the queen of the gossip mafia, uh, you know, took umbrage with my reaction to her being an asshole yesterday. And so I had to talk about it. And I got to tell you, man, when I found out what the situation was, number one, I breathed a sigh of relief, right? Like, whew, you never know what's coming at you. But then number two, I could feel like the heat, like literally heat was just pouring off of me in waves. And that was probably because of the meditation. For those of you who don't know, I practice Vipassana meditation, which is focusing on the body's sensations. And so by being alert to those biophysical chemical reactions in 
that are taking place as you undergo changes in your emotional state, you are better able to prevent yourself from going deeper into that state. And thankfully that paid off for me today because I didn't say anything too nasty or too horrible in that meeting. And and thankfully, the uh, you know, the principal was totally cool with it. She's like, yeah, I, I wish this nonsense was not happening. I'm, I'm, she didn't say I'm sorry, but she's like, that person should have just come and talked to you. And this whole thing is ridiculous. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, we we agree on something. But anyway, uh, I've been practicing some new yoga. Got a new, it's still sun salutation, but with a slight variation. Thanks to our boy John Duliard in this Body, Mind, and Sport book. Uh, I like it. It's a little simpler. Uh, It doesn't have any long holds, emphasis on nasal breathing, reaching those deep lobes of the lungs to try to calm down the nervous system. And man, you can really get through a bunch of cycles. And I'm finding that to be more valuable than the long static holds. Now, granted, this particular sun salutation, it doesn't do much for the uh, like the inner thigh. And so you're going to need to supplement it a little bit, right? So I'm starting with my hands in front of my chest, and then I breathe in, arms over my head, and now I'm folding at the waist. My knees are not locked out, and I'm folding, touching the floor, extending one leg backwards into a lunge position, lifting those arms up, hands down to the floor, now I'm pushing up into mountain pose or downward dog pose where my hips are at the ceiling. This time I'm breathing in to the other lunge position and going back to the old downward and finally stepping up and uncurling my way back to standing with arms overhead and bringing my hands to my chest. So it's quick, man, real quick. I, I dig it. I dig it a lot. He's got a cool little uh, stretching routine in there too that's heavy on the cat-cow, which I'm finding is really good for my back. But you, you just don't get the high you know, like the whoo rush of endorphins from yoga that you do from, you know, squatting 385 pounds, right? Or or benching uh, 225 for a set of 10. Like, it's just not the same. So I got a big hole that needs to be dug outside. I suppose I can go out and dig that hole and prevent the water from going back into the uh, masonry because it's all washing off my Bilco doors to the basement and just pooling up at the bottom. And the cement block has cracks in the mortar, so the water just seeps right in through there and starts pooling up in the basement. Been kicking the can on that for a long time, and definitely the not smoking is going to uh, give me some impetus to get that done. But it's just been bad timing. I went out and bought the stuff. I had a hair up my ass, and then things have just come up. Really good things, you know, spending time with family. Went to a student's house, for example. That was a really great day. You know, we built a fire, cooked some hot dogs. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, Here's the thing. This weekend, I am going to be going up to hang a deer stand, and that's cool, but my friend is a, you know, he's a, he's an occasional smoker, so I don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm not going to freak out about it. I'm actually bringing him the very last of my dope. I do have some oil in the freezer, but what I'm finding with the edibles is I don't come home and take the edible because I want the immediate gratification. It's like, I need to be high right now. Like, I can't wait an hour to be high. Like, that's no good. Um, and then you always feel like you're wasting the high, too, right? Because you're like, oh, I got to go to bed, and I could still be high for, like, two more hours. So I, the edibles thing hasn't been a temptation for me in, in, throughout these cycles of quitting, relapsing, quitting, relapsing. Uh, but I did throw away all the rest of my little crumbs of bud. I had some sativa. I had a little couple hybrids. Threw away those crumbs. Washed out the jars. I'm going to get rid of the last of this unicorn bud because um, it's actually something he grew and, uh, you know, we kind of worked together on, on procuring this sort of thing. So I'm going to give it back to him. And after that, it should, you know, should be, should be cleaned out. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. It's just going to get after it. But the, the grouchiness, right? The, the edginess, it's coming. I can feel it. It's pending. Uh, I did dream a little bit last night, so that's encouraging. And hopefully you guys... Listen, I, I got an email from somebody. They're on day 11. Man, I haven't had a day 11 in a long time. I, I think since I started this podcast, I did make it to a 15, uh, which is pretty good. You know, that's over two weeks. But I don't want to go up this weekend because, A, the, the dope, but, B, it's just a lot of driving. I'm going to be going up next weekend because uh, for Father's Day, I'm going to be ordering 35 pounds of crawfish and a bunch of shrimp, you know, throwing throwing the big money around here, big spender, and having a big seafood boil for the family who never gets opportunities to do that sort of thing. So I just hate to be in the car. However, I'm wondering if the Lord is, is calling me up there because... If I did not, then I would be going to the bar Friday and drinking because there's a big work event. And without question, after drinking, if I came home by myself because my wife will be up there, uh, and if I came home to an empty house, I would be fucking smoking the weed in that jar. There's no question at all. So maybe it's for the best. You know, it's like well, roll the dice. You know, buddy might tempt me, but otherwise, uh, you know, have a have a sober weekend. Come back home, get some work done. Bob's your uncle, fan your aunt. It's all good. So, you know, some more impetus maybe for for staying clean. Uh, my data came back, my student testing data. It was fucking weak. I mean, listen, compared to the other teachers, it wasn't that weak, okay? But I had high hopes. I had high expectations. In the last two months, my planning has not been where it should be. If you're a kindergarten teacher, everything has to be planned. I'm talking down to the last minute. Now, if you're amazing at classroom management, which... I'm not too shabby, okay, I'm not too shabby. Uh, you can kind of get away with it, right? Like, you don't have to have every second plan like a 50-year-old overweight, you know, lady who, you know, all these kids are all running around yelling and stuff. Also, I have a particularly loud and deep voice, so if it ever gets too loud, it's just like, enough! You know, so I moved the mic way back away from my face there, but it might still be loud, sorry. So, but the point is, when, you, when you're well-planned, everything has a purpose, right? You're not just like, okay, what do I got to do to get through today? It's like, what can I do today that's going to link up with tomorrow that lays the foundation for next week so that a month from now the students are prepared for X, Y, Z? All right, and that is definitely my weakness. And so when this whole idea of moving to fifth grade came up, it's like, no, 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 I, I need to work on the academics. You can't just move me, or should I say, I don't want to move. It's not that they even wanted to move me, right? Like, it's just a teacher of an alternative program, which is very interesting, suggested that would be a good idea, and so I got all excited about it. Um, and you know, then I was like, I don't have to do this. I'm, I'm, per- I'm a perfect natural at teaching older kids. So anywho, one thing I will say again, you've probably heard me say it, man, my articulation is improving. Uh, my, my word choice, my diction is improving. And I don't know what would happen if this actually became like the real, the real deal. One thing I was kind of sad about this weekend, my brother came over and he's usually not as like, uh, not as much of a crackhead about marijuana as I am. And so we, we drank a few beers playing playing ball in the backyard. And then finally, I was like, dude, are we, we going to smoke a J or what? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then, you know, about two hours after we smoked this massive J, I'm like, hey, we're going to smoke again? <laughs> you know, it's because I, 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 I want that ketamine, man. I want that fucking K-hole. I want to be just out, 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 out. And why? Why am I trying to run from reality? Or what is it? about my genetics that just craves that sensation, right? Because, you know, I I've, I don't think I've ever taken ecstasy. Um, I can't remember right now in this exact moment. But I don't think so. I've never been a pill guy. I feel like one time somebody offered me something, and I wonder if I had taken it, and it was just like a dud or something. 
Um, I blew a Percocet one time, or a Vicodin. I think it was a Vicodin, crushed it up, snorted it. It was disgusting. Just burned the shit out of my nose. Um, didn't kick in until I got to wrestling practice. And then it was like, whoa, I feel a little weird. And then I got smashed on the mat, or I, I coughed or something, and this huge, nasty, nasty yellow booger, like slime came out. Everybody's like, what the fuck? And then what do I do? I got to tell these like freshmen and sophomores, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I blew a perks up before I came. What? That's fucked up, man. And so same thing with my brother coming over, younger brother. He's been smoking a lot of dope. Uh, quit his job, you know, following his heart now, which is cool, uh, going freelance in the uh, sound world. But, I, you know, I, uh, I'm supposed to be the role model here, and I'm definitely not. So we're going to get into Proverbs because you probably don't need to listen to me. Uh, I have finished Proverbs now. actually went back to the uh, another book in the Old Testament to read about a character uh, who has my namesake uh, because Jonah, of course, is not my real name. Yeah, it was cool. It was interesting. I, I, one thing that confused me about it was that uh, this individual was devious. They had, they lied a couple times. There was some deceit, and yet the Lord still blessed them. So I, I'm kind of trying to figure out what's up with that. I, I'm tempted to email a pastor buddy of mine and just kind of work through that. But uh, we'll get into Proverbs here, chapter 14. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord. But he who is devious in his ways despises him. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will protect them. Where no oxen are, the manger is clean, but much revenue comes by the strength of the ox. A trustworthy witness will not lie, but a false witness utters lies. A scoffer seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge is easy to one who has understanding. Leave the presence of a fool or you will not discern words of knowledge. <coughs> Pardon me. The wisdom of the sensible man is to understand his way, but the foolishness of fools is deceit. Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is goodwill. The heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And so a uh, little interpretation here. A shortcut to success may be a false trail leading to destruction. Again, that verse, the, the house of the wicked will be destroyed, the tent of the upright will flourish. Uh, there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. A shortcut to success may be a false trail leading to discussion, destruction. So kind of interesting. Back here on... Uh, Verse 13, even in laughter, the heart may be in pain, and the end of joy may be grief. The backslider in heart will have his fill of his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied with his. The naive believes everything, but the sensible man considers his steps. A wise man is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. Uh, that is me to a T, arrogant and careless. Chapter, uh, verse 17, a quick-tempered man acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices is hated. The naive inherit foolishness, but the sensible are crowned with knowledge. The evil will bow down before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor is hated even by his neighbor, but those who love the rich are many. He who despises his neighbor sins, but happy is he who is gracious to the poor. Will they not go astray who devise evil? But kindness and truth will be to those who devise good. In all labor there is profit, 
But mere talk leads only to poverty. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the folly of fools is foolishness. A truthful witness saves lives, but he who utters lies is treacherous. In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may avoid the snares of death. In a multitude of people is a king's glory, but in the dearth of people is a prince's ruin. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. A tranquil heart is life to the body, but passion is rottenness to the bones. Uh, I'm definitely struggling with that concept. A tranquil heart is life to the body. It's true because I've noticed, you know, if you don't swing to the extreme high or the extreme low, you know, you're able to kind of just walk the narrow path, right? Like you don't get sucked into the nonsense because going too far when you're going up, 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 you know, it, it, it seems like you got farther to fall in a way, right? Like when you fuck up after things are going great and you're all excited and jacked up, the fuck up is 10 times worse. Um, but anywho, uh, verse 31, he who oppresses the poor taunts his maker, but he who is gracious to the needy honors him. The wicked is thrust down by his wrongdoing, but the righteous has a refuge when he dies. Wisdom rests in the heart of one who has understanding, but in the heart of fools it is made known. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. The king's favor is toward a servant who acts wisely, but his anger is toward him who acts shamefully. Wow, and that is our reading of the day. Uh, one more positive here. I don't know if I talked about this last time because I don't remember last time, right? I was stoned and my short-term memory is useless when I'm stoned. But uh, my wife has consented to having a moment of silence prior to partaking in a meal. And that moment of silence is oriented towards, you know, saying grace or, or practicing gratitude, gratitude for our food. And I don't actually know if she is practicing gratitude or not. But I had brought it up to her because I, I, I thought it was important. I was like, listen, I, I you know, as a family, I, I really feel like, you know, we're, we're in a fortunate place in the life. You know, in life, the world is super duper fucked up. There's billions of people who have a tiny, tiniest fraction of, of what we have. And, you know, it's, let's, why just do our five gratefuls at night? Like, why, why don't we also add a little gratitude for our food? Well, you know, snip, 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 this, that, that. I don't want to do that. Church. You know, she got a bad taste in her mouth from church growing up. And then the next day, she's like, uh, are we saying grace? I'm stoned out of my mind, right? I'm sitting down to my meal ready to dig in. Uh, are we saying grace? And it's like, oh, well, yes, we are. You know, and then it's like, fuck, you know, am I letting her, am I letting her down and myself down by being so stoned that I just want to dig in? Now, part of it is the reps, right? Like, you know, we haven't been saying grace ever. And so it's like, okay, here's another meal. Like, don't want to piss my wife off. Da, 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 da. Uh, but it's been cool. It's been really cool. I haven't said it out loud. I just fold my hands and say a little something in my head. And usually what I'm saying is, you know, thank you for, you know, giving me a wife who listens. Um, but, man, it's cool. It's cool. And, and for those of you, this, so I'm kind of working my way into a health tip here. But one thing the wife and I have found super valuable is saying five things we're grateful for before we go to sleep. And it happens when we're both naked under the sheets, like the light is off, we're, we're going to bed. And the last thing we do, she says five things she's grateful for. I say five things I'm grateful for. We kiss and, you know, it's, it's sleep time. Uh, we also do a positivity jar, which we are not as good at 
being consistent, you know, like writing little things on a slip of paper and putting it in the jar. But man, at the end of the year, is that thing fun to open up? It is a blast. It's a freaking riot, man. And you just feel so good by the end. You're like, oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's great. Um, so in the veins of wellness here, I want to tell you about this thing called a TENS unit. Maybe I've talked about it in the past, but it, it's a little electronic device, kind of like a miniature Game Boy, old school Game Boy, sorry, not the ones you get your kids, but the old school rectangle Game Boy, and, or maybe like an iPod, right? It's like a giant iPod, old school iPod. <laughs> and what's cool about it is it sends out little pulses of electricity. Now, normally I'm terrified about that kind of stuff, right? My brother-in-law is a uh, physical therapist, and he wanted to do some dry needling on me which is taking a needle and apparently going all the way through the muscle until it touches the bone and then hooking up electricity to it. Okay, I'm not keen on that. Number one, I don't really uh, respect him as a practitioner because he has not himself been a practicing athlete, right? So little judgment there. Uh, And also I've seen him do some weird things. Like there was a time when he was lifting weights for a little bit and he was wrapping his arms with these little rubber hoses and like getting his pump on. He's like, oh, it's really good for recovery. And I'm like, you know what, man? If Ronnie Coleman ain't wrapping hoses around his arm and Jay Cutler, they're not wrapping hoses around their arm. You know, Brandon Curry, uh, Johnny Jackson, all these guys. I'm not fucking doing it either. It seems like a dumb fucking thing to do. You know, you could get a clot or something, shoot it up to your heart or your brain. I don't know. But if nobody else is doing it and these guys are the best in the world, I'm not going to fucking do it. It seems dangerous as hell. And so that kind of turned me off too. But one thing that the PT world does use is these tents. And I had heard about it from a buddy of mine, apparently a bodybuilding friend of mine. Apparently these things used to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars when they first came out. Uh, Only the professional athletes had them. But as technology does, it changes. It becomes easier and uh, to produce, and now you can get them online for like 40 bucks. You go to Amazon, type in Bellifu, B-E-L-I-F-U, TENS, T-E-N-S, Bellafue space TENS space unit. And there'll be all sorts of ones that come up. You can get a really simple one, get the small one. Uh, but I had gotten rid of the electrode pads. So you got this Game Boy with some wires coming out of it, and then they go to a little pad, you know, about the size of a half dollar. And then you slap that pad on your arm or on your leg or on your bicep, and boom, you turn the TENS on, and you can, you know, you won't feel anything at first. You have to turn up the intensity of electricity, and eventually you start to feel your muscle jumping a little bit. You know, you feel a little little pulse there. No pain. Uh, I'd say I have felt a little bit of pain when I cranked it way up to like level 8, you know, level 10. And that's actually supposed to be pretty good for you. And I will say that I I have had good results from cranking it way up. But listen, when you're, when you're just starting it, start low. But what's cool about this unit is you can do it anywhere, anytime. Like you're just sitting down reading a book and you can slap that on your thighs and or on your quads rather. And then boom, you, you know, your quads are getting work. I do it on my back in bed, right? Because I have this bulging disc at the ripe old age of 31. And it fucks me up. Like I was nearly incapacitated last week. Like I am literally on the verge of being unable to walk. Like that, that, is, a, that is a real legitimate danger that I am under every single day. And I don't respect it. I don't respect it at all. I'm running around on the playground with the kids. I'm fucking jumping over the pirate ship. You know, they're chasing me. I'm chasing them. And I should not be doing that. I really should not be doing that. 
And so at night, I'll put that TENS unit on. I'll pass out with that thing on my back. But, man, my back feels 10,000 times better after it. Because what happens is those deep muscles of your back will tense up to try to protect the nerves around it, right? And uh, as a result, you, you end up hurting yourself in the long run because everything's so so tense, it's throwing everything else out of alignment, and it, and it fucks you all up. Last night, I put it on my calves while I was in bed. And whoo, that was awesome. It was awesome. I felt so much better. I got up this morning, walked down the stairs, didn't have to hold onto the railing or anything, like just burp, 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 right down. Uh, so yeah, that would be my health tip of the week. Go check out a tens unit. Consider it. Talk to somebody, maybe one of your friends or athletes, buddies who have one. See what they think. Read some reviews. Uh, you know, probably not just Amazon. You know, because God only knows. You know what little. Korean monkeys are out there fucking typing away bots, basically, right? Chinese bots, like that kind of shit. But, um, yeah, yeah, do it. And, you know, we're getting on 25 minutes now. Uh, I know you guys, you know, you, you, you love to hate me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. But, I mean, I used to I used to hate the hosts of things I listen to. And, you know, because they're always talking about themselves, la, 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 la. So, let's just get off of that. And uh, we'll get a word from our, our main man, Elon Musk. When something is important enough... You do it, even if the odds are not in your favor. And maybe the inflection is wrong there. Uh, when something is important enough, you do it, even if the odds are not in your favor. You know, maybe that, that'd be a little better. Um, lots of love, everybody. Lots of love. I got pied in the face on uh, Wednesday because the kids did their studying over the weekend. I had a really crazy moment in school where I had absolute silence. I didn't talk at all during a math lesson. I got the kids all the way to specials. I never said one word. And that's in a room full of 18 five-year-olds, so that was pretty amazing. Uh, still talking about myself here, as you can tell. Uh, stay sober, everybody. This is uh, it's a fucking long haul. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to one month. Like, if I can get to a month, I'm going to be feeling pretty fucking good. I live a pretty goddamn healthy lifestyle. Meditating, shooting my bow, not eating sugar, like, barely eating any bread. Like, I'm eating fucking chicken salad chock full of fucking celery and stuff in there so one month my body's gonna be pretty well detoxed at that point so now it's just gonna be this this slog of the next two weeks and uh for those of you who've been past that two week mark if you could just shoot me an email quitting marijuana podcast at gmail.com shoot me an email tell me what it's like to be on the other side of that hump because i haven't been on the other side of 15 days in a long long time and uh it would just be cool just be cool to to mention that and it'd also be interesting to tell me if you could tell us like what you used to substitute for that high you know that instant gratification uh because porn is not a good choice and yoga while it tempers my cravings and it tempers my uh well my temper really it's still it's it's not enough to get you that jacked up like whoo and you know endorphin feeling so remember to find satisfaction in the struggle and peace in the moment we'll see you next time